Hello and welcome to the Super Spreader Show with Trish and Susie <laughs> and <Sorry>. the mascot. <laughs> Sorry. We're here to infect you with truth and hope it spreads like a virus. Wow, I feel so rusty and it's only been a week. I forgot to turn the volume down of the song. Right. I'm a mess. Um, but I think that's what our listeners like and enjoy. <laughs> the hot mess. Yeah, hot mess express. <laughs> so, my goodness. Welcome, everyone. We forgot to talk about the movie Nefarious. And yes. do you even remember the date? That we went it was just a few wednesdays ago right it was during the week it was a it was a wednesday so it was a couple weeks ago yeah. and um i think because we're just recording once a week we have mm -hmm. so much to pack yeah. in but let's let's get into this movie it's still in theaters mm -hmm. we They've highly more highly recommend this movie nefarious what do you want well, to say? Well, because I, I think both of us are a little jumpy with like scary <laughs> movies. So we I don't watch sure. them. Yeah, I don't really either. And especially like horror movies. Mm -hmm. So I was just wasn't sure when it was about a demon possessed guy, what this was going to be like. Yeah. But it really is just a conversation that ha um, happens between him and the lawyer who's atheist who comes to try to prove that um, he's insane, right? He has to prove his insanity mm -hmm. so he doesn't get um, the death penalty. Is that right? Yeah. So like, um, the man himself, not the demon that's possessing him, the man, the, it's himself wants to, um, not be executed. The mm -hmm. demon wants him to be executed. Mm -hmm. And then the warden of the prison and the guards and everything want him to be, pr uh, prisoned, um, executed, executed. So you have all these moving aspects of it, um, about the one man and this, um, I don't want to say therapist because I know that's wrong. Lawyer. Psycho it's oh, it's a, no, I thought it was a psychologist for some reason. The man coming in to say if he's insane or not. Oh, yeah. Is So it's basically a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the demon. And someone had, they've, they, somebody had already tried once before mm -hmm. and then ha something happened to that person. Mm -hmm. That's why this guy gets called in last mm -hmm. minute and has to figure this out within like the afternoon. He doesn't have a lot of time with him. So, so I struggled with this movie um like i was just gonna let it go like i'm good like i don't i don't need to see it oh sorry <sighs> the people on my favorite list so know, if somebody knows if somebody knows how to so i'm on do not disturb but it's on the um i don't know how to turn off my favorite list so Who's i'm popular so sorry. over here everyone's Always trying to get a hold of us. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was very nervous about watching this because I know the the evil demon realm is real and I don't mess around with it. I won't watch scary movies or because um, honestly, it's like your eyes are your portal, your ears are your portal, everything. Right. So you have to have some type of protection. And I feel like if you go what people that love scary movies this is just my opinion um it's just a portal mm -hmm. for uh, like demons to enter and i don't i don't play around with it at all um so i watched the trailer i listened to the producers so i knew it wasn't just oh it's not just a horror movie it's like it was a it was a purpose 
there was a purpose for this movie. It's not just a Stephen King horror movie. And it and so I knew going in, I did lots of prayer and stuff, but um, I knew going into it, I'm not just going to watch this horror movie. Yeah. And there was a lot of truth in what's going on in the world today. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they actually go into, I'm not going to spoil it, but um, they cover some topics that are going on right now. And um, the demon talks about some of the things that's happening in the world. And you're just like, my goodness, it's eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, I think you know I um I was almost brought my daughter who's in high school. I it's appropriate for high schoolers mm-hmm. to be honest. For sure. I think it is. Yeah. Because they're gonna have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Whether if some, I mean, in classrooms that who knows what they're talking about mm-hmm. these days. But um, friend groups like and you know if they can understand the world from this angle, and that they can remember that this is a good and evil thing. It's not left right or gay straight mm-hmm. or any of the things that they try to pit pe- people against each other. Um, it's good versus evil and it doesn't care about your race or your sexual orientation or any of that. Um, then they can have, I think more intellectual and um, like deeper conversations, a deeper understanding of why it is. You believe what you believe yeah. or why you have your viewpoints is like such a big thing for me with my daughter right now. Well, if you just look, um, okay, <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of hate. But if you just look at the movies and actors and musicians and what they're portraying, um, it's very satanic. And so you even have the innocence of, um, and we have blinders. I have blinders. I know there's things that I'm letting through that, you know, just because I'm talking about Harry Potter. <laughs> um, I I know there's many other things out there, but I mean it's magic. You know, you're you're you start off innocent like that, and then you go, you can pro- progress. Like, um, not Selena Gomez. Um, another Vanessa Hutch- Hutchins. Hutchins. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a self-proclaimed witch, and she posts about it, and it's. And it's not like a good witch. It's like she wears the star with the circle around it. And she talks about the witchcraft. And you know what I mean? And you look at, she was this Disney star. And, you know, you just think there's innocence. So teenage girls that look up to her, Mm -hmm. you know, it's cool. It's cool to be a witch now. Or it's cool to, I saw some videos of Taylor Swift's concerts. And in my opinion, it looked like pure witchcraft satanic stuff ritual stuff going on on the stage and so in my opinion again this movie shows you how easy the like the demons don't even have to work hard anymore Mm -hmm. and they talk about that in the movie it's like you do our job for us now (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you know and so that's that was the when you talked about your daughter i i really feel like these high schoolers like should watch it because it's demon possession is real and it's been happening since the bible and and i i mean i can go down this whole rabbit hole of what i think like um because we have so much technology now and um, medicine and and which is great science has evolved over the years but i feel like 
a lot of this stuff is getting diagnosed as a mental disorder mm, or unless yeah. throw medicine at it which makes you as a human zombie and like let's just throw this i have a label for it i have this for it but maybe some of those cases are demon possession mm -hmm. if you really think about it and you see what these people are doing in the streets or what they're doing to each other i mean it's pretty crazy and you just think how many people have i passed by drove by that is actually just demon possession that's just <clears throat> so true anyways yeah so it, two yeah. thumbs up <laughs> yes please go nefarious movie well i'll put a link on our show notes in case okay. you want to click and see the trailer again because we've we've looked at, linked it before but yeah mm -hmm. we'll link it again mm -hmm. it's good. okay um let's let's get into some funnies <laughs> i feel yeah. like i um <laughs> talking about oh my gosh so yesterday was it called the town hall mm -hmm. okay so it's trump's town hall on cnn so it's on cnn it's a cnn host and cnn vetted the whole audience of i mean fair enough republicans they said it was republicans and independents right mm -hmm. or oh yes no no you're right are undecided, undecided. undecided right undecided yeah. um you're right and so um there were some really funny clips like he cracks me up i feel like i haven't seen him like when he was a president right like yeah you don't get to talks. see the media interaction like you used to oh he talks about like um he, oh go ahead tell tell him about that one um so there's one we'll play a couple of clips there's one where um they talk about the, his most recent um allegations that were brought against him and you know the media is real uh showing again how they truly are by um mislabeling what actually happened with the with the case that was brought and that you know he was charged with raping this woman um when that was not the case they actually found that part of her um her claims to not be true and he ended up having to pay money because of a defamation um, something he said about her and which was just, it's amazing to, to think that that's how, how what they, de, um, define defamation at these days, because normally like if I'm just, you know, sitting there and I think about someone and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to go on a public forum and just, you know, defame this person. Um, that could be, you know, about their char character assassinations or accusing them of something then, you know, <laughs> That's defamation, but like she said this stuff about him and he's just responding yeah. mm. and then he gets hit with the defamation. Like you're like, this is where it's at, but it's New York. <laughs> and he said that in the town hall, he's no. like, you're not going to get a fair trial in New York because they wanted him to go and no DC. I think this one was oh, New, no, York. New York. No. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have a few clips that we can play. Do you want to play them now or you want to keep talking about it? I mean, I just thought it was, I think. I just don't know what to trust anymore. If like CNN is this stupid that they yeah, did this or if I they don't... did this on purpose and and it, or like it backfired, it just backfired on them or they're this dumb. Like, I don't know how people still <laughs> after all these yeah. years don't know what, what it's going to be like if you bring him on a stage like that, that he will always have the last word. And then I know that, you know, people have mm -hmm. talked about why that they put this Caitlin Collins, who's I think 30 something, um, up there to interview him so that when he starts to respond, it's going to look like he's attacking a woman 
instead of like a Jake Tapper or somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just like speculation. Theory, yeah. But I mean, it, mm-hmm. it seems <laughs> like why else would they use her? Because she's not the she's not the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> Even though you know this it's a pretty pathetic shed over there at CNN. But um, yeah, it's just it was. <laughs> Whatever whatever their intention, original intention was, definitely backfired on anyone on the left, I would say, um, that he was seen as, like, weak or didn't know what he was talking about or couldn't defend because he brought receipts. I think that's one of the clips we have yes. is, um, about January 6th. Um, let me see which one this one is. Because um, it's saying it cut it short by 20 minutes. Trump has, let's see. Okay, here we go. When they, when they went to the Capitol and they were breaking into the Capitol, smashing windows, injuring police officers, why did you, why did it take you three hours to tell them to go home? I don't believe it did. Oh, let me pull it out. I have to pull it out. He's taking papers out of his jacket. So, so if you look at on January 5th, the day before, I said, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. Stay peaceful. This was the day before, and this was in the form of Twitter. Now use truth, truth social. I think it's far superior, okay? I hope everybody's on <laughs> Shameless plug. I hope everybody's on truth. Uh, if you look, January 6th, this is at two, before 2.30. I am asking <laughs> for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. This is right after, as it was happening. But what happened is they took it down. I don't know why. I think they took it down because it was so good. They didn't like it being up there. <laughs> I am asking, this is, and we didn't know until I got it back, because now I have 90 million people waiting for me to go back, but I'm on truth, and I'm staying on truth. Listen, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violation. It's, we want no violation. We want no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. That was at 2.30. That was very early. Mr. President, I looked at the same time. So I want to say because I used to be a a faithful watcher of the Real Housewives of Orange County, (laughs) Um, like from day one. Orange County was my show. I really, I think I watched a few other ones, but it was, I was a faithful watcher of um, the OC girls and, um, I remember loving the reunion shows like after the season ended and they're all on the couch with Andy Cohen mm-hmm. and um oh my god after a few years because there's so many accusations that they bring and they're fighting on the re- the reunion or whatever and um after a couple of years I just remember them pulling papers out of wherever because i was like where was that paper at with your skimpy dress but um they would pull out proof and like just like here's proof bleep bleep you know um it was my guilty pleasure no i do not watch it still and so um when he pulled that paper, when Trump pulled that paper out of his jacket, it just brought me back. Yeah. I was like, he must watch The Real Housewives <laughs> because they do it so often. But um, so it made me laugh. But you have to do this with these people because all they do is lie. And mm-hmm. it's like, here's proof, idiot. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. That was 
uh, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything to say before we sh- play another one? Uh, no, play the other one, and then I think I have. Wh- which one are one. you talking about? Um, it was was it the one with the lady that accused him, or was there was another one? Oh, too, here right? you only Dan- sent me two. I'm oh, just okay. gonna play, just play it. Play the other one. I'll play. Okay. It. Let's see. Here we go. But that's the question that investigators have, I think, is why you held on to those documents when you knew the federal government was seeking them and then had given you a subpoena to return them. Are you ready? Are you ready? Can I talk? Yeah, what's the answer? Can you mind? I would like for you to answer the question. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to You're a nasty person, I'll tell you. Can you answer why you Um, I miss that. I miss it so much. I missed it too. And so, um, yeah, I think he did so well. Um, I just needed that. Yeah. We have, maybe we'll throw in some more videos in between some of our sad stories, other sad stories. That I liked where um, they had people that had questions. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as much as the, we were talking about this before we started recording that, um, we've talked about it in the last few episodes that if you look at any, you know, major Democrat, um, r- person running, like whether it be Nusa, our governor here, or Joe Biden, um, they are obsessed with identity politics and culture war issues. That's all they can run yeah. on. That's all they can talk about because they're everything else about um, what they sh- how, what they should actually be doing for their job is failing on a massive yeah. scale. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know they they can only they can only go with that. And um, there was one time. Where, um, there's so many things. I'm trying to remember which one I wanted to talk about. Um, well, there's the Ashley Babbitt one where he, so she's grilling him on January 6th. Um, and so you heard, you know, the part about the tweet and then he, um, you know, they want to, they want to push him back into that corner about, um, pardoning people that, you know, are, still in jail for January 6th, that kind of stuff. Um, but then he, he goes right into Ashley Babbitt and, um, how, you know, she was murdered by a, and he refers to the police officer as a thug, mm-hmm. which, because if you saw a video of it, he shot her at like close range. Mm-hmm. Like there's no need to do that. She was half his size and mm-hmm. you know, that type of stuff. Um, and so he referred to him as a thug. And then when you see the, um, the play, the play by play, or sorry, the, com- the co- color commentary at yeah. the end mm-hmm. with all the CNN people, they're like, he he called a black the black police officer a thug. It's like it has to mm-hmm. always go to race for them. Yep. Like it can't ever be that this person was a thug. If it was a white guy, he would have called him a thug too. Like I don't. But why would you change anything? Because literally, our country are we're fools. Yeah, we fall well, for it. it works, so yeah. why would you change your tactics if it works? It's mm-hmm. so annoying. Okay, so the other one I wanted that I liked is when so people so people um a lot of Republicans and undecideds are in this, and so they're the ones. This is how America actually feels, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to ask about how he's going to end racism or any of that. They're going to this lady gets up and she's like, "Our economy is mm-hmm. suffering." Like, and mm-hmm. she starts going through, like, our gas bills are high, our ga- um, our inflation is is out of control, yeah. all that. She's like, if you're reelected, what is the first thing you're going to do? And he doesn't hesitate. And he just looks at her and he's all, drill, baby, drill. And he got, like, a standing ovation yes. because that's how America feels. 
Like we could, do you want, do you want to end racism, but you can't pay your bills <laughs> or fill your car with gas yeah. and go to your job? Yeah. Like it's like it, he knows yeah. he gets it. And that's where I feel like, I don't know if CNN is just not paying attention or they're just so far up their own ass. I don't know, but like, that's what people are concerned about. Like we said, the racism thing, all the other stuff that all the identity politics are things that a cult, we as American people need to work together to fix. Um, it's not the president's job to do that. And he knows mm -hmm. that. And he's mm -hmm. like, no, I mean, I have a plan. I'm not going to pander to you guys. Like, so love him or hate him. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't agree with everything about him, but like, if he's going to be a conservative Republican nominee, which he looks like he's going to be, I yeah. think his poll numbers just shot up even farther mm -hmm. after that. Mm -hmm. Then that's, he's got my vote because yep. the Democrats, I mean, I've never really aligned myself with that party to begin with, but I feel like back in the day you could see where everyone's trying to work towards a better world and they just have different ways of doing it. Yeah, you're right. And while I mm -hmm. think that um, at the surface they feel that way, the mistake they made with someone like me who's pro-life is that you have that as your party. You have that as a platform issue now. You're never going to get a vote from me yeah. until you get that off your platform. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's where like my hill is. Like everyone's got their hill and that's yeah. mine. And so, you know, I'm going to vote for whoever's running against you. <laughs> Oh, that's a good segue into you got some stories. We'll like call it like Su Susie's story time. <laughs> you, you have so, some updates from. I do. Yeah. We kind of touched on this in the last episode, I think, where I had put out that for my 45th birthday, I wanted to do something different. And I um, came across this organization from the Matter of Life documentary called Embrace Grace. And they send the love boxes. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, sorry. I reached out to my birth mother. Sorry. I think I just burped into the <laughs> She's drinking um, a, a bubbly. Yeah, I'm drinking a bubbly right now. So, um, And so I reached out, reached out to my birth mom to let her know, know what I was doing, just not thinking much about everything. And the long story short is she lived with this family, and I think I touched on this too. When she was pregnant, she lived with this family um, in Newport Beach, and they her sister was um, helped as a caretaker for their family. They have three kids and one of their kids is quadriplegic. So I had met them um, one time before when my birth mother was down here and I kind of knew the story and stuff, but um, they reached out to me because I think, I believe it was because her sister who was the caretaker and was lived, lived with them um, told them what I was doing. And so they reached out to me and said, we want to give you money and support what you're doing. And so uh, it was a hefty sum and I didn't, you know, think that maybe they should mail it. So I offered to go down and get it from them. So I went down there with my husband last weekend and um, got to really sit down and talk to them for like probably an hour. Wow. And you know, you just really realize, mm -hmm. I mean, this, I don't even know, like, so they, cause they let my, my birth mother live with them while she was pregnant with me. And you know, she's 15. Um, so young. Live, you know, probably just not sure about a lot of stuff, right? And now she's in this space where you have these people who um, are just like the hands and feet of Jesus mm. pouring into her night after night. Like the husband, his name's, I don't know if I want to, they want to know what their names are, but I'll just say the husband. Mm -hmm. Maybe one day we will have them come on here oh and my talk. Gosh. I don't know, you know, I'll, yes. I'll work on that because they're yes. just these amazing people. But yes. 
he was telling me that um, he would come home from work at night and she would be sitting in the room that we were chatting in um, and reading the Bible. And she would just be like, I have questions for you. And so he would speak with her. And I mean, I don't know if she had ever been um, poured into like that mm -hmm. with, with God's love. I don't know. Um, but you know, I'm sitting there thinking like, I, I, I probably heard their voices like, mm. you know, she lived with them all the way up till yeah. she delivered. So it's like, I, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know these people, um, personally for, I've only met them one other time, but there's just like their family. Yeah. Like they, they sustained me because mm -hmm. I don't know what she, how she would have lasted if she wasn't with them and in that warm, safe environment. And they met my um, parents at the hospital and just remember saying that like they felt like they were meeting angels and they're just these wonderful people. And I just wanted to share just one quick story that I was, um, he was sharing with me about their son that's quadriplegic that he, when he was born, um, they told him, they told the, him and his wife that they should institutionalize him because he's not going to be able to take care of himself. He's going to just, he's not going to be able to do anything. And you know, that's just what they were told back in the day. And he said that, you know, he was, um, he had a lot of resources and he was, you know, a go-getter and he was going to, he felt like, okay, I'm going to fix my son. Like, no, we're going to keep him and I'm going to fix him. And then as he got to know, he wasn't always a Christian. I don't, can't remember if he was a Christian yet, but he, I remember him saying like when he got to know Jesus, he realized that God gave him that son to fix him. Mm. He was the one that needed fixing. Yep. And then there's a story that he shares later on that as his son was older, they got into prison ministry because he, and he remembers thinking like my son is imprisoned in his body mm. in physical form, but he is free inside with Jesus because of Jesus. And so he would bring him to the prison with him um, as a visible reminder that you may be imprisoned like with these people that are in prison, mm -hmm. physically in prison, yeah. um, but Jesus <laughs> can free you. And so um, he said there was this one, inmate that was just on his last he was just you know probably suicidal at this point he had lost everything I, I think it was um had to do with drug addiction he had lost his family and he was just in his you know lowest of those of his lows but he was in this chapel service <clears throat> and he brought his son and this inmate um, saw him and then he be began to become more inter interested in him because it was like this visible Reminder that like your life could be, you know, you have two arms and legs that function. You can feed yourself. You can do all this stuff. And here's someone that can't do anything. You know, I think it gives people a visible realigning of their perspective when they see someone like, like their son. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so each, each time he would, the father would bring him back. He would be like, Oh, can I sit by your son? Mm -hmm. And then he would meet him out inside of the chapel. Can I walk? Can I wheel him in and sit by him? He would meet him at the entrance to the prison. Can I walk with you? And he just, you know, became uh, so, so like um, attached to his son. And like, eventually he, he like accepted Christ mm. and then he became a pastor. Oh my God. So like, he's sitting there telling me like, here, I, here was, was, I was told my son was, was to be institutionalized that he wouldn't be able to do anything. And he's ministering to people. Wow. Like, and I, you know, I had had a, we had had a kind of a um, heart a heart filled conversation with some friends I was with this past weekend of like, why, why does God allow, you know, mm. certain heartache and pain and why are people, mm -hmm. and then you're just like, I am so like, my perspective is so elementary because God doesn't care. He will work mm -hmm. through anybody. Yeah. 
Like it's such a powerful story and I'm just sitting there trying not to cry. Like <laughs> I thought I might break down, but I think I've just, you know, I've, it's kind of, it'll, you know, it comes and goes with me as I tell this story, but I've been telling it to everyone every day. Cause I just can't believe like <laughs> these people that I like got to live with them and they're like literal, like angels on earth, yes. you know, and I, and I'm not saying they probably had dark day, have had dark days, have had it rough. I don't oh, yeah. want to assume that, but I mean, you can just see when you're around people like this, that they see Jesus everywhere. Yep. And like, we were just talking, you know, about like our own, like they're talking to my husband and they're like, how's, you know, how is your, how are your parents? Like, what? and you know, he's like, oh, my dad, you know, passed away of cancer a few years ago, but my mom is still in Hawaii. And they're like, well, oh, okay. What's her name? We want to pray for her. Cause you know, she's a widow. You know, they're just like, yeah. everything goes right to God. Like, yeah. and I, and so, yeah, it was just amazing to re be reminded like that my story is like so planned from every, the very beginning of yeah. like where I was going to be in my womb. And I used to joke with people that like, I have bougie taste because I lived in Newport <laughs> when I was in the when womb. When you were incubating. Because my parents had adopted me. My parents are not like the, how I am like that, but you know, it must've been like seeped in. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, I was being nurtured from day one from conception, you know, yeah, uh, in vitro with these people pouring into my birth mother mm -hmm. and just, and so for them to see me, like they just look at, they were looking at me like they can't, you know, you um, would do something like that for someone and you don't know what, what the mm -hmm. outcome's going to be. Yeah. So you can just see the joy. I'm not saying that like, this is anything that I've done, but just that they see the joy of God when you are faithful, that he can bless someone's life and that your, your sacrifice or your willingness to be part of his work is like you see fruit you know yeah because so. we're, we're not we're not called to whatever we're called to do for god we're not guaranteed to see the fruit and so but i really think that god does that on purpose he's gonna show you fruit now and again to keep you on that path like it's just fanning your flame. Like, cause I was telling you when you told me a little bit, I was like, Oh my God, they're standing there looking at you and you are the fruit of like, I mean, we don't have mansions like them, but can you just imagine bringing people in your home? Like it's your home. Mm -hmm. No, like, I mean, and it's a special soul to do that. I when, think. And when you're telling me, he came home from work and she had questions like his job wasn't over. Like he went from work to home to now ministering to this young girl who is about to have like the biggest decision and thing that she's going to have to give up. And he's pouring into her. I just, it's, it's crazy to me. Like, so you're the, the, the visible, like the, what's the word? I'm tangible. Like they can touch you. They can mm -hmm. feel you. They can feel yeah. like that's, that's insane to me. So like, I don't know. I would love, I would love to talk to them. Yeah. We'll yeah. They're we'll amazing people. They just, they have all kinds of stories, uh, just amazing stories um, being in that type of mm -hmm. ministry, you know, to share. Like we just got a taste of it listening to them. Um, but yeah, they gave me, um, a hefty check. And like, I thought when I started this, um, that I would try to just get 45 boxes cause mm -hmm. I'm 45, mm -hmm. but I'm probably going to be able to do 200 boxes. Woohoo! 
the, like I'm going to order, I get to order them probably today or tomorrow um, so that they can get here in time. But yeah, it's just, and they, you know, they look, they are just so, that is their passion. They have two adopted grandchildren now and um, they are um, always um, looking to support um, the pro-life movement and yeah. adoption agencies and all of that. So I didn't even like think about them when I sent it to her. Like, so it's just amazing how God, like he knows mm -hmm. what, every, you know, he knows everything and he'll just, he just brings it together. You don't even but really it's, do anything. It's the, like, ugh, it makes me want to scream from a rooftop because God can do whatever he wants to do, but he wants that relationship with us. He wants our heart. But on top of that, then he wants to partner with you for whatever he puts on your heart. Homelessness, child trafficking, um, abortion, like all these different talk. I mean, there's a million more out there, but he personally has something on your heart for you to go out. And so you finally partnered with him and and it's the crazy god ladder i talk about it's like you're friends with someone who knows tracy matter of life like it's just this <laughs> ladder right and then we learn about embrace grace through a matter of life and then you just were like unselfish and was like i'm gonna do 45 boxes for each year of my life, which is a great goal. And then God was like, ah, finally girl, <laughs> let's go. And then he was like, boom, look at what, what happened. But if you, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with like celebrating your birthday. Right. But you could have just gone on with your normal birthday and you know, maybe you would have just donated a hundred bucks to embrace grace or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like you literally went out there and was like, this is what we're going to do. This yeah. is my start of my fight. And so, and then God was like, Oh, finally. And let me show you what <laughs> I can do now. Yeah. You gave God the opportunity to do this. So, yeah, I think yeah. that's a good um, reminder for people. Like give him the, oppor mm -hmm. the opportunity, see what mm -hmm. he you can't, I remember hearing this a long time ago and I ha, and I'll say it to myself every once in a while when I feel like I may be becoming, you know, just a little bit hesitant or mm -hmm. like I'm not trusting it. And I'll just remind myself, like you can never outgive God. I've never been able to do that. I've never seen anyone able to outgive him. Like it's impossible. Impossible. And why more, why more, if more people, more people would just do it and have what in any capacity, it doesn't mean financial, right? But just whatever with my time, I've never, I've never, um, and woke up tired and mm. like we go to Bible study fellowship. It's in the morning, you know, mm -hmm. and I just, there was mornings where I just want to drop my kids off at school and then just come back home or <laughs> let me just be honest and have my parents drop them at school <laughs> and I just sleep in. Yeah. But I've never like decided, mm. you know, you know what? No, go. And then I've never left it and been like, well, I shouldn't have done that. You know, like he's always like saying, I've always walked away with some amazing, you know, reminder mm -hmm. or life lesson or mm. Bible verse that like brought me through something difficult. Like, that's just on a basic level yeah. but, and then like financially or, or, um, time-wise or just anything I've ever, whenever I like really, you know, prioritize things the way he's designed them to mm. be prioritized, I just, mm -hmm. not, and it's like, you know, the, our sinful nature and mm -hmm. our brokenness, like always, you know, we always have to kind of mm -hmm. come back around again, but he's, that's his grace. That's his, that's, you know, the balance yeah. of life to me. Like mm -hmm. it's never going to be 
perfect or not full of trials, but he just like, that's, you know, we, I was saying that we were with some friends this past weekend and it's just, we're like sitting there thinking like, how do people get through life without God? Like it's, it just seems, yeah. I don't know, but, um, so yeah, I, it's exciting. And I'll, I'll, so I have two weeks till the share the love party where we're going to assemble all the boxes and then I'm going to work with, uh, drop them off at different, um, now I have so many, so I'm going to split it and drop a few off at each. Like there's different embrace grace groups at churches locally here. There's pregnancy centers and pro-life organizations in the area that I can drop off boxes to. Um, and I'll hopefully be able to, well, I'll share about it, um, in a few weeks when everything has happened and I'm just, yeah, my birth mother is coming down and my mom will be here back from her trip. So it'll be a really fun evening day evening of doing that because mm-hmm. you know, who doesn't want to do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I was reminded of something I heard a long time ago. It's like God shows up and shows off when we finally partner with him. Mm. And so, yeah. So yeah. As, as we're coming to an end, cause I got to pick up the boys shortly. Um, I don't, I kind of don't want to go into the first grade Ugh, <laughs> Texas story after that. Downer, right? So what was this JD Vance story? Oh, so, okay. So we talked about title 42, I think last yes, week and it ended yes. today. Yes. So that means I don't have the, the, um, COVID excuse to like turn people away from the border and they have, you know, no organization. It's totally overrun. They've been playing clips of it, of the, what the streets looked like right before, um, they have record amounts of people coming over the border illegally. Um, and I think everyone gets into the whole, like, America's for everyone. We're an immigrant nation of immigrants. Yeah. You know, and yes, we are, but come through the door, not under the fence, you know, yeah. type of thing. And J.D. Vance, he's in Ohio. He's in America First. Um, I think he's a senator. I can't <laughs> remember if he's a senator or rep. But he has, like, a minute-long clip and I didn't pull it for you, but I can remember basically what he's saying is that, um, you know, you have to look at it as an economic issue where you're going to pour, have 25 million people that could potentially come through here and you don't think they're going to be taking away jobs. They're not going to be taking away housing opportunity to buy houses. I mean, what about healthcare? Yes. All of that. No one food. That's like our whole thing. The left looks as far in front of their face and it's all about, you know, virtue signaling but they don't like think about what the ramifications are of this many people coming into our country at once and what that could do not to mention all the drugs and everything else but Mm -hmm. he sticks straight to the um, economic side of it and i um, will put the link of that video on our show notes so you can listen to it Um, but it's true and nobody wants to talk about it and i was in my getting my hair done getting my hair did this morning <laughs> at my salon and there's a hairstylist behind me and she's trying to been trying to buy a house and she keeps getting outbid by everybody because you know, she's in that category that most people are. She can't afford to buy a multi-million dollar house, mm-hmm. but she can afford to buy mm-hmm. a house that she should be able. Yeah. She works every day. She pays her taxes. She does mm-hmm. her thing here. You know, she should be able to own a house. Right. Um, and she's getting outbid and it wasn't even, she's getting outbid by investors mm-hmm. that are coming in and just buying up. And I, I didn't even like hesitate. And I just, I, I just looked up and I'm like, they need to regulate that. 
Um, and that's, and everyone's mm-hmm. like, you're right. They do need a right. They should have a certain amount of homes set aside for new house home buyers mm-hmm. that, that investors can't just come in and swoop. And I wanted to be like, well, add all the 25, <laughs> you know, all the people coming across the border, but I just, I don't want to bring that into the conversation when I don't know everybody's stance. Yeah. Um, but it reminds me like, that's just going to add to that problem. Yeah. Like, and that's what he was saying. So I just hope people, you know, it's not, this is not about being anti-immigrant or anti uh, but it's about like, if you're going to have people illegally coming through, they're going to bring a lot of problems doing that, especially in mass what's happening now. Well, I mean, this is not even a conspiracy theory. The The president of Mexico literally is releasing prisoners and the, the quote unquote bad people and sending them to the border. So it's not like we're getting women and children or families. I mean, which we are, but... Along with that are their worst of the worst people, citizens. And so I don't know, but um, I know we're running short on time, but, um, oh. There was one other quick thing. Oh, I yeah. was trying to find it real quick, but I'll, I'll look for it, where there's a guy reporting and he was saying that they found on like private chat rooms when our, when the administ- Biden administration, DHS is telling Mexico when people are clearing, basically telling them this is when you send people over because they would say how they would like across the Rio Grande Mm -hmm. there would be all these people and then all of a sudden at the same time there would be just a a swarm of them that try to come over all at once and it's like it seemed orchestrated and then they found out it was Mm -hmm. so our own our own government oh definitely part of this they want them here but um, voters you know but we need to find that video of um Chicago residents are mm-hmm. raising bell. the bell? I now ringing I'm the bell. Ringing the bell. I don't know what Sounding I was the alarm. About. Sounding the <laughs> alarm. Thank you. Oh. Um, they are mad, and it is only two hundred illegals. They have this old high school building. I guess that they're gonna house two hundred, but potentially up to five hundred illegals in this one town i don't know if it's downtown chicago or where exactly this is um i'm not familiar with chicago but um oh they are mad and i'm just thinking um california where are we a sanctuary state or is it cities certain certain cities well, like San Francisco, Santa Ana city. San like Santa Ana is I don't know up and down California who is the sanctuary cities but I mean I I can't imagine what this is gonna look like soon like what are no, whatever I, I mean you saw downtown El Paso oh. there's video like I think that's we're in California and I and I think oh my gosh yeah, we're a border state, so what is we're it not that far like? from it either. No, we're two hours yeah. with no traffic. Like, so I'm I'm curious. Just kind of wanted it recorded mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. So, um, do you have anything else? I think we covered a lot today. Okay, I'll just end it on a really fast, funny. I'm gonna end it on a funny. We note. could use that. Yes. <laughs> so I told you. Um, okay, really fast. I don't think we talked about the Barbie, the new Down syndrome Barbie, mm-hmm. because at first it was like, you know, just all these woke companies and um, 
catering to like we have to cater to everyone right and it was kind of like i didn't i didn't know what to think about it because i know that they have oh hold on really fast go ahead and talk about the down syndrome barbie so they have a barbie that is the down syndrome barbie but <laughs> i don't really think she looks that down syndrome i don't know she just looks like she's maybe a little um she's not the the anatomically correct model um dimension barbie that they have always had for years um as far as her uh shape goes but yeah i don't i kind of forgot about that that was it's like you don't okay <laughs> yeah you just keep going okay really fast okay so <laughs> i but lila rose had a really good example like um because in the world you you know people want you to abort a down syndrome child mm, true and so she had a whole different viewpoint mm -hmm. of it and i sent it to you and i don't know if you um, saw the video because i was like oh because um i have vitiligo vitiligo is um i believe because i have an autoimmune disease and so my body is eating its own pigment and so i have white spots all over my body and you'd never get your pigment back like they're for life well, I knew Barbie years ago came out with the vitiligo Barbie. And so um, I'm, I just wanted, because I have vitiligo. So I'm laughing because, I mean, it's cool and all. <laughs> so um, the funny story is my, bro my brother, who has like no filter, I'm FaceTiming with my niece who is four. And, you know, she has all the Barbies and he goes oh my gosh go go get your I forgot his name whatever they named him right and then um she goes go show auntie like because my niece doesn't know I have vitiligo because it's not visible I'm going to show Susie a picture of vitiligo <laughs> Ken okay you have to see I'm going to put it on on Instagram like because typically it starts in the hands and the face for me it I'm not typical it's it's luckily I have it all hidden, but I mean eventually I'm gonna look like this, so <laughs> it's kind of shocking. So um, <laughs> oh my god, he goes. So she brings her kin to the Facetime, and I'm like, oh my god. She he goes, um, Addie, tell Auntie like what what is what is all over kin, and she goes, oh he has sunscreen all over him. <laughs> because he he's like dressed oh. like in beach attire yeah, yeah and i was like oh only in a four-year-old mind he has sunscreen all over yeah. him and it looks like he just has sunscreen <laughs> like he didn't rub it in very good splattered all over him because oh. it, it's an actual true representation of a vitiligo yeah. person i mean for the most part as much as they could do like it's actually pretty realistic yeah but I love the innocence of a four-year-old saying sunscreen. He has sunscreen all over his body, auntie. And I'm like crying. And I was like, Addie, you are so correct. And I was like, I so needed that. Like that was perfect. Yes. And so sometimes we just get to um, laugh about our situations and just makes everything better. So laugh it out pray it out give it to god mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah that's that's what we say <laughs> uh, you've been listening to the super spreader show with trish and Susie. you can find us on our website superspreadershow.com on anchor fm 
No, I keep saying that. It's Spotify only. <laughs> Spotify, Instagram, and True Social. There you go. Bye. You got, you got it. <laughs> Bye.